Hey there, friends. Welcome to The Skinny with Jesus. My name is Bevan Caramello, and I'm so glad you are listening with us. Today is July 12, 2018, and we have rounded the corner. We're over halfway finished with our current series, which is titled Keep Choosing Him. I hope all of you are loving the series as much as I am. You know, sometimes faith and religion, it can feel really complicated, can't it? I mean, for all of us, I think. And, you know, one of the things God has really been showing me throughout this series is that relationship with Him and obedience to Him doesn't have to be doesn't have to be complicated when we narrow it down and we're really just focused on him. Keep choosing him. It's pretty simple. You know, we wake up each day and we make a choice about how we will live that day. We can choose him or we can choose any number of other things, right? We can choose anything else. And thankfully, on those days where we might slip up, um, you know, where we walk in anger or pride or bitterness that day, or, you know, maybe those days when we slip back into old ways, um, old ways that we thought we had already changed. Maybe we slip back into addictions that we thought we had beat. Maybe we uh, are back in sin we thought we had conquered. But... Thankfully, there's grace, right? There's mercy. There's forgiveness. He is such a good God. He's such a loving Father. And so we get to try again the next day. So here we are. Like I said, I am, I'm really glad you're here. And I'm glad you're choosing Him today. Okay, let's jump in. We are primarily going to be in the book of Acts today, so if you have your Bible, turn with me to Acts chapter 9. I'm going to read verses 1 through 19 for us, just so we can get an accurate picture here of what's really happening. I think it's easier when we have kind of the whole scenario out in front of us before we really start breaking it down, Um, and then we'll go back and and break it up into smaller pieces um, to kind of digest it and, and break it down that way. Okay. So here we go. Acts 9, 1 through 19 says, meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. 
In Damascus, there was a disciple named Hananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Hananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Hananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Hananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Hananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Hananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord, Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. Okay, so lots going on here. Okay, look back with me at verses 1 and 2. Okay, Saul, who would later become Paul, okay, God changed his name to Paul, which was common in in Scripture. We see that with um, Peter. His name was Simon. He changed it to Peter. Uh, Another disciple, uh, Levi, uh, Jesus changed his name to Matthew. Uh, We see it in the Old Testament. So um, Saul is later going to be called Paul. Okay. I hope that helps you guys get an idea of who we're talking about. And, and Saul is on the hunt for Christians. Okay. Anyone claiming to follow Christ, Jesus has been crucified at this point, And then he's resurrected from the dead and many Jews are starting to believe. Okay. And they're being baptized. Paul was a Pharisee, okay? A Pharisee was, that was his name for one of the Jewish, uh, it was a group of, of Jewish religious elite, okay? And he has gotten permission from the Jewish high priest to bind them, that is to like basically take them in handcuffs, bind them and take them prisoner, okay? And drag them back to Jerusalem to throw them in prison. Anybody that he finds um, uh, that's that's claiming to be a follower of Christ, okay? We see um, in verse 2, it says, uh, any who belong to the way, capital W-A-Y, the way, meaning I am the way, the truth, right? I am the way, the truth, and the life. That is Jesus. I am the way. So um, any belonging to the way, he's going to take them prisoner. He's going to drag them back to Jerusalem. And you guys, this is not just some casual mission here, okay? Paul believes he's hunting heretics who are making a mockery of his faith, okay? Um, He thinks that Jesus Christ is a a fraud at this point. And so he's traveling all the way to Damascus to find them, to, to find any Christians that he can. And you guys, Damascus was over 150 miles from Jerusalem, okay? And he's on foot. So this was no small feat. I mean, he was really going out of his way um, to find these people, okay? 
I mean, we read in, if you go one chapter back um, in Acts chapter eight, uh, where it talks about the stoning of Stephen. Stephen was the first of Christ's uh, 12 disciples to be martyred for his faith in Jesus. Okay. In Acts 8, 1, it tells us that Saul approved of Stephen's execution. And if you read that chapter, you'll actually see that Saul was just standing by watching that happen with approval, looking on, um, because he, he, he wanted them stopped. Okay. So you kind of get the picture here. Tensions are high. Christians have been scattered. Okay. And they are in fear for their lives. And Saul is looking to drag back as many as he can in chains, men and women. And then Jesus appears to one of his followers in a vision and asks him to do the unthinkable. Okay. In chapter nine, verse 11, we, we just read, Jesus tells Hananias to go to Saul and place his hands on him and heal him. Okay. And we see Hananias's fear and uncertainty in verses 13 and 14. I'm going to read it for us again. He says, Lord, Hananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. I mean, can't you just imagine his voice in this moment as he's speaking back to Christ in this, this vision that he has? He's like, you want me to do what? You want me to go find Saul and lay my hands on him? I mean, don't you remember what happened to Stephen? This guy has the authority of the chief priest to drag me back in chains. I mean, he's killing people. But then Jesus responds in, in verse 15. He says, go. And, and in this part of scripture, we see there's a, the, the first time Jesus tells him to go, he says, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street. That's in verse 11. Here in verse 15, it says, go, and there's an exclamation point, okay? This time, I mean, Jesus, he is like making the point here, okay? He says, go, this man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. In other words, you do what I'm telling you to do and let me worry about the rest. I mean, don't we kind of get to that point with our kids sometimes where we're just like, hey, don't question me here. Just do what I'm telling you to do. And Hananias has a choice to make. Will he choose to succumb to his doubts and his fears? Which, I mean, if we're really looking at this scripture, his doubts and his fears exist because of his limited understanding, right? I mean, Jesus hasn't told him everything about Paul's situation. Hananias doesn't know everything that's gone down. He doesn't know that Saul's heart has softened and he's been humbled and changed. He doesn't know the details of what happened on the road to Damascus when Jesus appeared to Saul and then blinded him. He knows he's supposed to go lay hands on him to heal him and restore his sight, but he doesn't know all of it. But he has to choose. He has to choose obedience to his Lord and Savior, even without understanding all of the stuff behind it, or fear. And then verses 17 through 19, it says, Then Hananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord, Jesus, who appeared to you on the road 
as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. You guys, he chose Jesus. He chose obedience, even though he didn't understand, even though he was afraid. And then we see when he goes to Saul, he, he embraces him, his language to him. He says, Brother Saul, he's choosing to believe that if Jesus has called him to this, he's equipped for it. And that this man, Jesus must know something about this man that he doesn't know. Jesus must know more than Hananias. And you guys look at the blessing that came. He then got to baptize Paul, right? It says he got up and was baptized. I mean, right away. His sight is restored, and then he gets up and he's baptized. Hananias got to baptize Paul. His name is not Paul yet. He's still Saul, but eventually we will come to know him as Paul. And that's the man who would later write most of the New Testament. He's the greatest missionary who's ever walked the earth. So what's our takeaway from this? What do we learn here? First... We see that the time for us to make the decision for obedience often happens long before the request to obey. I'm going to say that for you guys again. The time for us to make the decision for obedience often happens long before the request will be made for us to obey. Hananias had made his choice. He had chosen to live for Christ, come what may. And he knew the one he'd put his faith in. So when things started to feel tricky and his heart started to race and his palms started to sweat and he had that moment of, you want me to do what? You guys, that wasn't his decision time. The big decision had already been made. Decision time had happened long before that moment of decision. You know, it. I, I started thinking about a story, something that happened with my daughter just a couple of days ago, and I was preparing uh, for this episode and writing this message and, and working through this scripture with the Lord. And, and uh, one evening, my daughter was asking me, uh, some questions about why I, I had asked her to do what I'd asked her to do, whatever it was. And she was saying she just didn't understand why I asked her to do this and that and so many things and yada, yada, yada. And and I started laughing and I told her, I said, Mason, this is the skinny this week. This is exactly what this is. And I told her the story of Hananias. And I told her, I said, you know, in in his situation, his obedience had to be greater than his fear. But also, just like you, his obedience had to be greater than his need for understanding. And that's kind of where she was. Her her obedience to me had to be greater than her understanding. Her desire for obedience had to be greater than her understanding of, of why I was asking her to do what I was asking her to do. And that leads me to um, our second takeaway here. Obedience is a heart issue. 
just like my daughter, she has to know and trust the one she's called to obey, right? I'm her mother. She just needs to obey me because she knows my heart is for her. She has to trust me and what I'm asking her to do. And Hananias had to do the same thing here. Obedience is a heart issue. He knew Jesus and trusted Jesus enough to obey him. And so I think we need to ask ourselves some honest questions. Are you sold out for Christ? Have you made that decision? And the third thing that I want to point out in this passage in scripture, the third thing that really jumped out at me, especially raising kids in this world that we live in today with social media and cyberbullying and where there's this huge desire in our young people to be known, right? To be famous, even if it's for something ridiculous on YouTube or something that's even dangerous. They, they want their, you know, three minutes of fame. You know, we need to be teaching our kids and I think we need to know it too. You want to be famous for something? Be famous for something worthwhile. Do something that will bring you eternal fame, right? Something that the angels of heaven are never going to stop talking about. This is the only place in the Bible where we see this man. This Hananias, because there's other men named Hananias, but this man named Hananias, this was his claim to fame, his one chance to do what Jesus asked of him. You guys, Jesus didn't need Hananias to heal Paul. He could have accomplished that any way he wanted. He chose to allow Hananias to play a small part here in big kingdom work. If he had said no, if his fear had been too great, Jesus still would have accomplished his purposes some other way or through someone else. But because Hananias said yes, because he chose obedience over fear and doubt, not only did he get to baptize Paul, he's still Saul at the time, right? But we know he'll later be called Paul. Not only did he get to baptize him, but his name went down in history in the most amazing book ever written. You guys, the Bible is over 2,700 years old. It's written in over 670 languages. The New Testament is written in over 1,500 languages. And guess whose name appears right there in Acts chapter 9 in every single one of them? Yep, Hananias. Now that is real fame, guys, the eternal kind. That's the kind of fame we want to go down in the books for. Okay, pray with me. Father God, Lord, oh, I thank you for this time in your word. I thank you for the ways that you keep showing us how to keep choosing you, Lord, even when it's hard, even when we're fearful, even when there's doubt. Lord, I pray that you would help us to choose you in obedience over fear, Lord, that that desire to obey you would be greater than our doubt, greater than our need for understanding your reasons, Lord, that we would just be sold out for you. 
Lord, if there are those who are listening who have never made that choice, have never chosen to follow you, have never chosen you to be their Lord and Savior, I pray, Lord, that you would give them the courage to do it now. It's so simple. Just a prayer. You can pray it with me now if you want. Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God, and I'm trusting you and you alone for the forgiveness of my sins. My hope and my salvation is in you and you alone. I know I can't earn it. It's by your grace that I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. If anyone prayed that prayer for the first time today, please message me. I would love to walk this road with you. It is a journey, not a destination. You never just arrive. You have arrived at a place of salvation, but God is going to continue growing you and changing you more and more into the image of his son every day for the rest of your life. It's the most exciting journey you could have ever embarked upon. And if you don't tell me, tell someone, reach out to someone, another Christian that you know that can encourage you and walk this road with you. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I cherish this time together. Until next time, know that I am praying for you and yours. Bye now.